Hello, and welcome back to our special New York Fashion Week edition of the Glossy Podcast, where we're interviewing designers and insiders every day of the week. We're recording this episode from inside the beautiful Showfield store in NoHo, so thank you to Showfields for letting us use their space. Uh, make sure to check out their new Brooklyn location. Um, and I'm here with my co-host, Glossy's managing editor, Tatiana Pyle. How's it going, Tatiana? Hi, I was good. Thanks for being here. And we are interviewing Hanako Maeda. Uh, Hanako is the founder and CEO and creative director of the luxury fashion brand, Adium, um, which, by the way, Hanukkah, I just realized this morning that ADM is just your last name spelled backwards. Yeah, I, the, I, um, I feel like a lot of people don't notice that because... It I, wasn't until I started, until I typed your name that I realized it's yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, like, I feel like it's natural for um, a lot of designers to kind of, like, name their brand after their mm-hmm. names. But um, Yeah, you could have just been Maeda. That could have been... Yeah, but I wanted it to feel, like, ambiguous because mm-hmm. I feel like Maeda is a very, like, typical Japanese surname. Mm-hmm. Um, So I wanted it to feel like, oh, like, is this Japanese? It could mm-hmm. be American. It could be, like, Italian. So, um, yeah, that's well, why I decided to, like, flip it backwards. Yeah, well, I, I think it works. It's... It, is very mysterious. It could have many meanings. <laughs> um, but yeah, so ADM is known for, uh, among other things, you know, you've made some incredible red carpet looks. You've worked with all sorts of cool people like Naomi Osaka. Yeah. Um, you're also a regular at New York Fashion Week. How, how many times have you shown at New York Fashion Week now? Um. So we showed for the first time in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we took some breaks in mm-hmm. between and stuff, uh, especially during the pandemic. But I'm, I don't know. I think we showed more than like 10 times. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So what? So tell us a little bit about the show that you just did, which I believe was on Saturday, right? Yes. Um, so I saw that it has a little bit of a ballet um, influence yeah. and you've worked with the New York City Ballet. So tell us a little bit about the show. Yeah. So um, I was really excited um, to be inspired by ballet this season, uh, especially because, as you mentioned, I worked with the New York City Ballet. Um for their fall fashion gala in 2015. And um, I think that was really like my first big collaboration that I did outside of like designing my own collections. Um, and it was uh, it was a really like happy surprise because like one day I got an email from uh, this email address that said like Sarah Jessica Parker. And like automatically I was like mm, spam, like yeah. very like <laughs> suspicious. Yeah. But um, yeah, like she personally sends emails to the huh? designers that um, are considered for um, the fashion gala. So. Uh, that was really cool. I worked with Robert Benet, who's mm-hmm. a very young choreographer. Um, he's Canadian. He's uh, I think he's still based in Canada. And he uh, wrote this like beautiful ballet that was about the color blue. So the costumes, um, I wanted to reflect like the different shades of blue. And um, when I think about the color of blue, I also think about the ocean. So um, a lot of the uh, costumes were inspired by like sea creatures like uh ocean creatures so that was a really cool experience and we kept in touch i kept in touch with the new york city ballet and also mark happel who's the costume director of new york city ballet so um i was actually speaking to mark um last year and then also like earlier this year because they just came out with a book compiling like all of the different costumes from the past 10 years of the fashion gala in New York City. So 
Um, yeah, that got me thinking about ballet. And I also wanted to... Um, so last season for Fall 23, our inspiration was punk, which was very different from this season's yeah. inspiration. And um, But I really wanted to do a collection that was about ballet but it wasn't it's not all about like the romantic elements or like the delicateness or like being um directly inspired by the ballet costumes um i really wanted to focus on the idea of ballet as a sport and um i feel like focusing on that aspect of ballet made the collection a little bit more like modern and youthful and um it's not all about like evening wear and like occasion wear but I feel like ADM's strength is really in daywear. So um, I think that really allowed for me to like design for um, different looks and different occasions. Yeah. And how perfectly timed is, is this collection to the uh, collaboration that you have coming out with the New York City Ballet this September, correct? Or it's coming out next year? Um. So... With the collaboration with uh, New York City Ballet, it happened uh, in 2015, mm -hmm. um, but the book just came out, so um, I'm really excited about that. Um, I think they worked with Rizzoli on mm -hmm. the book, and it's really, really like a beautiful collection of like all the different designers that designed for the New York City Ballet, so um, I'm really excited about that, and I feel like I also think that ballet is a thing that like a lot of people can connect to. Um, I feel like in my childhood, I also did like a very short-lived attempt in trying to learn ballet, which was not so successful. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do think a lot of people are really excited about it. And also, I feel like it's something that's very iconically New York. Um, I feel like in my youth, like when I just moved to New York City, I used to go, I feel like going to the Nutcracker, like for the holiday season, that's such a iconically yeah. New York City thing to do. So, um, yeah, I feel like the collection definitely takes from something that's like iconically New York, but then also I feel like the details in the entire collection is made in Japan. So, um, and I split my time between uh, Tokyo and New York City. So um, I think the collection takes from a little bit of both um, inspired by New York City, but also um, all the craftsmanship and how the collection is made is very Japanese. So Yeah. And speaking of that kind of international element to it, um, I, I was listening back to the last time you were on the Glassy Podcast, which I think was last year. You had talked about wanting to expand the brand internationally. You felt like there was uh, an opportunity to you know, have more of a presence for ADM in the Middle East or in other parts of Asia. Yeah. Um, how has that been going? Is that still part of the plan? And Yeah, so uh, we have um, increased the number of stores that we sell to in the Middle East, which is really cool, like um, Harvey Nichols Riyadh and also Kuwait. So I'm really excited about that. And I feel like in terms of... And also, um, we launched our e-commerce site uh, three years ago, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. And that has really grown um, over the past three years. So I feel like that also gives a chance to like a lot of the different people that couldn't buy Adium if they didn't live in the US or Japan. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's really cool too. And then the other thing is, um, I feel like Tokyo has become such a tourist destination, yeah. especially this past year. So we've seen, and um, my flagship store um, is in Tokyo. So 
we've seen so many tourists. Um, a lot of them are from the different Asian countries like South Korea, China, um, Hong Kong. We've also seen like a lot of tourists like from Europe and also Australia and like different parts of the world. So um, yeah, it's been really, really cool. Yeah. Are there other parts of the world that you haven't expanded to yet that you, you feel like you could or that you still want to? Um, I feel like, I think in terms of Europe, we don't have a lot of stores in Europe yet. So I think that's definitely a focus. And um, I also feel like just like really honing in on like the um, support that we get from um, ADM fans in Asia is very important to me. So I think that's also another region that I really would like to focus on. Yeah. So in terms of your expansion strategy outside of the stores and the e-commerce, are you maybe considering partnering with some like community influencers or, you know, expanding physical retail locations for the brand? Mm -hmm. So um, I think we're very fortunate in that we've had a lot of like support in terms of celebrities and also like uh, red carpet dressing. And I think a really big one for us this year was um, dressing Harry Shum for the Oscars. Yes. Um, and yeah, like it was our first uh, custom tuxedo that we did for um, a male celebrity. So that was super exciting. And I feel like everything everywhere all at once. It's yeah. such an iconic film, especially for um, Asians like living in the US. Um, I'm like super happy about Michelle Yeoh and like what she did. So that was really an incredible opportunity. Yeah, that was a, a huge moment. And it was great that you guys kind of like got to be in there, you know, mm -hmm. right? As uh, all the buzz about that movie was, yeah. by the way, one of my favorite movies from last year. It was year. incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. And like, I was really inspired by the fact that um, because Harry's heritage is Chinese, so he wanted to uh, do a suit that's inspired by the traditional Chinese hanfu. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of research into like hanfu and like what that represents. And then um, Harry also suggested that since I'm Japanese, uh, we include something from like a traditional Japanese attire. So we did this sash that sort of, um, it's a little bit of like an obi inspired sash. So um, I think that was really cool. And um, yeah, it was great because he came to our show two days ago to like support us um, our New York Fashion Week. So um, that was the first. We did everything over Zoom because I was in uh, Japan and then Harry was in L.A. So and I sent my team um, to fit him in L.A., but I didn't get to go myself. So. Um, it was really great meeting him at New York Fashion Week, and um, he's, like, super sweet, and he was really excited about the show. So, yeah, like, we loved working with him. Mm -hmm. And speaking of um, collaboration, so that you, you worked with Naomi Osaka. That mm -hmm. was a little bit more of an in-depth collaboration, yes. and, and, and you've worked with other people as well. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, what's your strategy about uh, working with a collaborator? How do you pick kind of, like, the people you want to work with, and then mm -hmm. once you you get started, what's your process for working with, you know, mm -hmm. somebody else? So our collaboration with Naomi Osaka was in 2020, and that was our first ever collaboration with um, anyone. But uh, it was really exciting because uh, Naomi's agent reached out. It was also, like, much like Sarah Jessica Parker, it was, like, a random email that came into our inbox being like, 
hi, we represent a uh, Japanese tennis player, Naomi Osaka. And again, I was like, oh, like this must be spam. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it was uh, really cool because Naomi was um, really excited about fashion. And she told me how um, a lot of her heroes are Japanese designers like uh, Rei Kakubo, Comme des Garçons. And uh, she loves Japanese fashion. So um it was really a dream working with her um and also it was really cute because she would send us her sketches as well and mm -hmm. she told us that um when she used to like go to tennis tournaments like when she was a child she used to like draw and like sketch in the back of her car mm -hmm. so um yeah i feel like it was and it was like a six month long process so and this uh so the collection was released in 2020 but that all of the design process was like pre-covid so like we got to like actually spend a lot of time together in my studio and like i also visited her and um yeah i think it was a really cool experience working with someone that you're like closer in age to and like we also had like similar reference points in terms of like our fashion heroes and like what we love so i think it was a really cool experience yeah definitely I'm curious, um, with these global expansion plans in mind, I'm sure that's time consuming. And then also, you know, you're creating collections for Fashion Week. You know, how do you really approach picking and choosing what outside projects that really make sense for the brand? I think for me, um, I like to work on things. That's something that feels very like personal to me. I feel like with Naomi, um, also like I feel like there aren't a lot of uh, Japanese representation like outside of Japan um, and I feel like she's such a champion of like not just Japan but also like diversity and like all the values that I also personally like believe in so um, I think for me it has to be that it's less about like oh like this person has like you know x amount of followers on like social media or like that kind of stuff, I feel like it's uh, less strategic in a way. It's more like if someone really, like if I can form a personal connection with like someone or something or like an institution, oh, sorry, like uh, <laughs> New York City Ballet, then, um, then yeah, I feel like that's more important to me. Yeah. Um, going back to New York Fashion Week for a minute, I'm wondering, uh, I know that a show is a lot of work and a lot of time and money goes into it and everything. How do you feel like you, what can you do to make the most out of New York Fashion Week? Like, is there things you do around the show to kind of capitalize on, you know, you've already, you know, put a bunch of time and work into the show. You know, what, what can you do to make the most out of that? Um, I feel like for me, number one is like, we make all of our samples also in Japan. So mm -hmm. for me, it's just like getting the clothes, the samples done early is very, yeah. <laughs> like, that sounds very fundamental, no, but it's like... I feel like it's very important because it leaves you time to like experiment more with the styling and also like I feel like when you finish things early like you can think about the different components of the show like uh, what the music is going to be and like this time we've had the performance so like working with someone like Tyler Peck from the New York City Ballet like mm -hmm. what is her performance going to be like and um, also the casting I feel like the models, they're very important as well. And also uh, the beauty, the makeup. We work with NARS and for hair, we worked with Mr. Smith. So mm -hmm. um, 
And also like the nail we I always love doing like fun nail art yeah. for the show. Um we worked with Don Sterling who also did the um nails for the Louis Vuitton Pharrell show. Mm-hmm. And she's very creative. So um yeah, I feel like trying to get the samples done early is very beneficial because you get to spend more time thinking about all these like other components of the show. Yeah, I, I talked to a couple of people this week actually who were telling me that a lot of New York Fashion Week stuff um, or fashion shows in general kind of happens last minute. Like a lot of times you don't cast the show until yeah, really close yeah, to it and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm sure getting the samples done early helps free up at least a little more time for those extra things. Yeah, I think so. And I feel like even though I feel like for a fashion show, of course, like the clothing and the fashion that is being displayed is the most important thing. But at the same time, I also feel like if you're going to do a show and not like a lookbook or like a video, then I think it's also important to create an experience for someone. Like I feel like these editors and buyers are like so like worn out from like going to like 20 shows Mm -hmm. and like... I mean, I feel like a lot of the people, because there there was, like, a 3 p.m. show and, like, also a 5 p.m. show, mm-hmm. and we were at 4 p.m., so, like, they were, like, rushing from one thing and, like, rushing to another thing. So I really want them to feel like the EDM show is, like, worth their time, mm-hmm. and they get something a little bit more than just, like, okay, seeing, like, someone's wardrobe, like, on a runway, because I feel like fashion show as an entertainment and um as like a theatrical experience Mm -hmm. is that is also very important to me because um i think also because we have a bigger business in japan so we have the luxury to like shoot multiple things of like okay we have a show but then we'll have like a separate lookbook like for Mm -hmm. our our top clients or like we have different ways of like expressing the collection that can be a little bit more commercial or like Mm -hmm. easier to understand for our customers so in terms of the fashion shows that we do do in New York Fashion Week I wanted it to be like impactful and something that people can like uh resonate with and experience um when they come to our shows yeah well if you just do a bare bones like you said just like show the wardrobe they walk down and walk mm-hmm. back and that's it you might as well just post the pictures online and yeah. not even do yeah, a show yeah, at that point, yeah, you know? yeah yeah i agree and i feel like especially like um i feel like all of the editors that do come to new york fashion week and all the american editors and the american buyers like mm-hmm. They see everything from, like, the big houses to, like, the really, like, interesting, like, avant-garde designers that, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like Copenhagen Fashion Week is, like, super exciting right now. So they see, like, everything from, like, you know, the really big budget, like, productions to, like, the really avant-garde things. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're asking for their time, like, even if it is just, like, 15 minutes of their day, I wanted it to be, like worthwhile and like they feel like okay you know now I feel like it was worth it that I called an uber and like waited in the rain and yeah. All this yeah. Stuff. yeah yeah and it has been raining pretty bad so in New York this, yeah. This yeah. Yeah. yeah so as a brand founder and also the brand's creative director you're dr- juggling two things during fashion week you're putting together this collection and this presentation you're thinking about it creatively but also you're thinking about the business and how you can grow and scale it you know, during fashion week, once the show is over and you've done that part of the business, what else, you know, are you doing that you feel like is impactful to grow and scale the business during this time? Um, well, I think 
what's as important as having the show or like a presentation is market week and market appointments mm -hmm. and just like um seeing all the buyers and like they're actually because they see the show and they experience like what the world that you're trying to create that season but when they actually come to your showroom and then they see all of the pieces in person and like touch the fabrics and like also we have a much bigger collection in addition to what we show on the runway so like um i think we made like a total of like close to like 200 samples. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, we do that every season, but we only show 30 looks on the runway. So um, a lot of the pieces that don't make it to the runway, but are like great pieces to have like in your wardrobe are in the showroom. So I feel like those market appointments and then also like resees with editors are very important. Yeah. And have you ever considered doing, or maybe you do it, um, the like see now, buy now kind of thing where the as soon as you do the show, it's all available to buy right then? Or do you still kind of believe in the show as more of a preview of what's coming down the line and then kind of yeah, the standard model? I think in terms of um, see now, buy now, I feel like it really depends on the price point mm -hmm. because I feel like um, for Adium, it's more of a designer level price yeah. point brand. So I feel like when you're trying to like invest into something and it's not something that like you buy like every day or every week, then I feel like you need time to digest and be like, oh, like, I feel like the first time you see it on the runway and then you're like, oh, I love this look, but then like, I need to think about it a little bit. And then mm -hmm. you see it on like different celebrities and different people wearing it, like influencers. And like, I feel like it takes like a couple months to like really digest the product and like feel like, okay, I can invest like a thousand dollars in this mm -hmm. jacket. So um, I feel like if we were at a more affordable price point, then yes, I think see now, buy now makes sense. But yeah. I feel like because uh, we are a brand that I also believe in um, the sustainable aspect of mm -hmm. making everything in Japan and like the craftsmen, like I think a part of it, a part of the reason why um, our price point is higher is because like these people their um their wages are like the same as like us and like you know they put in like hours and days and weeks and months to like sew these pieces of clothing and they're like true craftsmen so i feel like it's important for us as a company to like really respect that and like really pay for the labor that they are um really like putting in to create this like beautiful like artisanal collection so um, when you create something like that, I think it takes a little bit more time for the, our customers and our clients to like digest that and feel like, okay, like this is like the one like investment piece that I'm going to buy this season. Yeah, well, I have one more question on sustainable yes, go ahead, friends. Go ahead. I think it's so important, you know, especially with this talks of like new legislation coming out. Yeah. Um, does that also inform how you choose, you know, whether or not you want to present at a show mm -hmm. or rather go the digital route? You know, how are you mm -hmm. actually approaching sustainability in terms of presenting collections? Mm -hmm. I feel like not every collection needs a runway show. Um, I mean, if you have the budget for that, like great, like all the power to you. I feel like as a younger designer, I think it's important to be mindful of like, you know, what's realistic for you and like what makes sense for your brand. I feel like with our main collections, like for our spring collection that we just showed and then also our fall collections, it makes more sense just because 
it's a much larger collection. And um, also, we've been taking a break from like doing Paris Market for a while, but we're bringing the collection back to Paris this season. Um, we're going to show at a showroom. So um, I feel like when you have a bigger market and a bigger reach, it makes more sense to create something that has a broader reach in terms of like, um, people watching the collection and also like all of the influencers that came and supported us and how they're sharing the collection like I feel like that's important but for our pre-collections um, I shoot lookbooks and it's more really about like the idiom basics and what people want to shop um, just like for the season and something that feels a little bit uh, more like everyday and uh, casual so um, I think it really depends on the collection and how you would like to like uh, sell and market the collection as well. Got it. Nice. Cool. Well, I think that's all the time we have. Wait, but... Sorry, I have one more question. Oh, sorry. I'm just curious. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Go <laughs> this ahead. is a fun question. You know, outside of your show, what was your favorite show or favorite trends or looks that you've seen this oh, that week is so a good, far? That is a good question. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I have a lot of favorites. Um. I really like the Altazara show. I mm. think it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, because it feel it felt very like real. Mm -hmm. Um but like I I like things that are a little bit feminine. Mm -hmm. Like I like minimalism, but mm -hmm. like I feel like it's nice when you have this like a little bit of like a delicate, like sensual feeling to the collection. And I feel like the Altazara show really had that. So um yeah, I really like the show. Yeah. I think Joe went to the Altazar show. It, it looked it mm -hmm. looked amazing. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, Hanako, thank you so much thank for being you. here. This was this thank was so you. fun. It was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for stopping by. Um, for those of you listening, please give us a rating and a review, whether that's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. Um, that helps us out a ton. And we've also got more New York Fashion Week episodes coming up soon. So subscribe to stay updated for that. And uh, once again, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. <laughs>